Hey guys, this is Mr. Social Leads, and thank you for listening to the Quarantine Life Podcast. This podcast was created for you to help you adapt to all things COVID-19. Since we were unable to meet with our guest speakers, all conversations were recorded via Zoom. The audio and video of this podcast are not at the highest standards, but what I want you to do is challenge yourself to get past that point and listen to the conversation that takes place, as I truly believe that it will help you during your time in quarantine. Thank you for tuning in. So to all my listeners, welcome to a mini-series segment dedicated to the quarantine life. I'm your host, Mr. Social Leads, and since I'm practicing social distancing, we'll be speaking to Mafuz via Zoom. I would introduce him myself, but I feel like um, I feel like every like I would not do justice to the many accomplishments. So I'm going to let Mafuz take over the floor and just introduce himself. Kyfer, thanks so much for having me. Um, first of all, I like how similar our rooms look. It almost looks like we could be across from each other on video, so uh, we could probably sell it as maybe us still being there in person. Um, quick, quick introduction about myself. I'm a digital marketer. I'm a brand manager at Candy Box Marketing. Um, I decided to start my own podcast show called Ride With Me, which has been running for about two years now. And I'm also an author for a book called Project Reinvention, The Social Timeline of a Millennial. So between marketing, being an author, and podcasting, those have kind of been my three things and my three loves in the world of mediums and marketing. So that is such a quick one. There's so much more for, it, uh, for him to say, but he's being humble. But uh, today we'll be discussing all things COVID-19, how it's affected us, what we've learned from it, and how we're adapting to these changes. This is a perfect opportunity for everyone listening to get involved into the conversation, network with Mafuz, and at the same time learn a few uh, tips and tricks to adapt to the quarantine life. So besides that, Mafuz, how are you doing? I'm doing all right, man. You know, um, Kenny Box is now 11 years old, but when I first joined the company in the second year in business, um, we didn't have an office because the company was so new. You know, I was Candy Box's first hire. I was still trying to figure out the ropes, and a lot of my time was required spending sitting in the sitting in the desk that I work at beside my bed, and spending years building the business from working from home. So the adaptation more than anything else was going back to my roots and going back to working from home all over again. So it wasn't weird in terms of a huge lifestyle change, but everything outside of work is a little bit difficult, you know, going out and being productive. I'm a very hands-on productive guy. And if I'm not doing that, I feel like, like a part of me is missing. Like I feel like my life isn't complete if I'm not doing something. Uh, so a lot of time that I've been spending has been getting on video calls and phone calls with friends, such as the one we're doing right now. I uh, just love trying to create as much of a human connection as I can from this side of the world. But in terms of work, I feel more efficient than ever. And I enjoy that. That's great. I feel like it's a little throwback to the times when you started. So it's kind of like a nice, not I wouldn't say a nice feeling, but it's just like it brings you back to your ground, your roots and how you started everything. Right. So it's cool. I know yeah. you're talking about human connection. It was so crazy. Um, so I think, the last time we spoke after that day, I was like, yo, I enjoy this conversation. And I'm like, I don't want to fall into this hole now where I'm stuck at home. I only have my family to talk to. And I'm just imagine being with your family all the time. It, people start butting heads and there's tension in the house. So what I did was Instagram has um, 
a, like a group feature where you can start a group and do video calls up to six people. So we, I started a group chat with all my cousins and my family friends. I started a group chat with some of my, like my different groups of friends. So like literally when I'm bored and I have nothing to do now, I just call the group chat and whoever answers, I'm just there talking to them. And so yesterday we, we literally, I was talking to people from like maybe eight o'clock at night all the way till midnight. And I saw that on your Instagram stories. That's yeah. incredible. And it was cool because like, it, it came up to like we started off conversations we were just talking about like how they are what if how COVID-19 has affected them and then it just got fun like we were talking about just fun things that we're going to do after COVID's done uh, we were talking about we're, we even played some games on some stuff so it was exciting times and I think that human interaction at this time is what everyone just needs to get more of because of the limitations we are set yeah Absolutely. I mean, let's face it, like COVID-19 is a, a tragic situation. I think everyone's being affected negatively. The problem is everyone's also talking about it nonstop. So it's very difficult to be optimistic and positive when everyone is complaining nonstop about problems that they're having. So I started like saying from now on, I'm just going to stop talking about the negative side because you can only do so much about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I decided I'm going to look at things from an optimistic standpoint. You know, even the last podcast episode that I did when I rebooted the show is I came in by saying like, I'm not even going to talk about it. Like everyone knows there's a lot more far qualified people online that have researched this, I can talk about it. So why am I going to talk about it? Instead, I'm going to focus on the good stuff. And I started seeing the silver lining on things, man. Like I started thinking about like, what are the blessings that are coming out of this opportunity? And I started arguing that I think relationships are becoming tighter and more tight knit and better and stronger because you're investing more time in human connection that you normally wouldn't have for whatever excuse, right? Like, hey, I'm too busy. I'm on the road all the time. I'm distracted. I have work. Now a lot of those excuses are gone. And a lot of us are spending time doing these calls. Like you and I, when we got on a video call the other day, what I thought was going to be like 30 minutes to an hour ended up being almost three hours. And it was three hours of like us, like you and I were speaking in the most attentive way, right? Like we were, we were not distracted. We had our eyes on the screen the entire time. You and I were doing back and forth. We didn't even look for an opportunity to say goodbye to each other because there was no downtime in our conversation. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's like, eventually we had to be like, okay, okay, let's stop talking and hang up or else we're never going to get off. I remember us doing that at the end. And I think the reason we, we can do that is because we're not consumed by all the stuff that's happening outside. Sometimes when I'm taking phone calls, I'm taking it on my Bluetooth while I'm driving. And I have to say like, Hey, I got to my destination. I'm sorry. I got to go. Or like when I'm speaking to friends, I have my phone in my hand and I'm flipping on the phone and responding back to things. There's so much distractions out there that when it, whether it comes to work from home or just living at home, I think work from home has its benefits because you're not distracted by people trying to pull you into meetings. You're not distracted by all of a sudden your phone, phone rings and you have to answer it. Now you're kind of managing your own time. So you can actually eliminate the distractions and live in your own environment where you control how distracting you want it to be. I think of it as like a radio dial, like the volume is loud, but you can turn down the volume. Like you can actually turn down the noise where outside there's a lot of background noise that are happening, whether it's your coworkers, whether it's customers, whether it's phones ringing nonstop, other people playing music. In your world, you decide how you want to do it. So I see the silver lining like that. And you and I were talking about something the other day, um, the story of DJ D-Nice, right? The guy that hosted Club Quarantine mm-hmm. and went so viral. And I've been keeping up with his day-to-day. Um, you know, he was, a, he was an up-and-coming DJ. He was, doing, he was doing okay. Let's give him some credit. He was doing pretty good. But... Ever since he decided to host 
the DJ from home party, the club quarantine, and it was trending worldwide. His career has exploded. I've been keeping up with how many followers he's been gaining. I've been keeping up with his opportunities. He ended up on Jimmy Fallon live stream. You know, you know Jimmy Fallon's doing his show from home now. So mm -hmm. he was on live stream at home with DJ D-Nice at home. And then just yesterday, this was my favorite thing. NBA's channel. Yes, basketball. NBA's channel with 14 million followers actually allowed DJ D-Nice to do an event on their Instagram live account. So this guy's on NBA's account, goes live in his condo. He's DJing. And all these people, like Steph Curry's family was there. Isaiah Thomas's family was there. Um, I know in one of his past show, uh, Michelle Obama was there. Like, think of all these big names that are hopping on these accounts and made him explode. He's going to look back and he's going to remember that COVID-19 was the opportunity that allowed him to do something that he could have never done outside of that, that little window that he got. And he's going to look back and say this was a game changer for him. So I like to look at silver linings as, could it be a game changer for you if you stop maybe complaining about the things you can control and focus on the things that you can adjust into? So it, it, and at the end of the day, it all comes down to your perspective. So I read this quote and I, I, I've been using it so much now because it, especially for this situation. So if you can't change the situation you're in, change the way you react to it. So essentially that's, that quote there just sums up everything you said about this DJ. Um, and it's so crazy. Like even me, like I'm coming up with new ideas and like things I'm like, and at first I was like, oh man, my business is not doing good now because of, I deal with restaurants and this, 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 and that, and I actually started a new series on TikTok. I haven't posted anything yet, but it's the benefits of quarantine. So, and now I'm like, I, I was just like, I never really seen anyone post anything about like benefits of the quarantine. They're always posting like stuck at home, I'm bored, I'm this. And they've made like trending songs about bored in the house and all these different stuff. And I was like, I'm like, let me start a trend on benefits of quarantine that get people to realize like, wow, they have more time. They have uh, creative freedom now to like, just sit there and think of the next big idea, right? So it's, it's just, instead of having COVID-19 affect me in a negative way, I've taken it and I've like learned how to make it a, like you said, silver lining or like just benefits of how I can be more productive and more efficient. Um, besides uh, yeah. working from home, besides the, the social distancing, how has COVID-19 affected you? I hope no one in your family is sick or none of that, no? Um, I'm blessed to, um, as far as I know, there's no one in my family or anyone that I know that's been effective. Um, and I got a knock on wood really hard right after this because I think that's something that I've just been very blessed with. Um, it's something I think a lot about where a lot of people are being affected and yet there's still a lot of people being careless about it. And I think the, the when you think about the carelessness, I think it's a much bigger issue than we can even dive into. Um, I do think that a lot of people are being mentally affected in terms of confidence. I think confidence is an all-time low, and I think fear is at an all-time high. And I think that's preventing a lot of people from doing things. Um, yeah. You're a great case study of someone that's truly owned an opportunity, like saw an opportunity in the dis in disguise during all this darkness. And when you when I like I follow a lot of people's account and I watch how they're reacting, and you've been one that has really stepped up to the plate. Like you said, I'm not gonna use this downtime to just lay low and um, and play with my dog, which you have a lot of stories of. So you still your dog still gets a lot of attention. But what I love is that you still pivot. 
and you're still like, I'm going to do these mini video shows. I'm going to do things like this podcast show. Um, you're clearly a creative, you know, you itch creativity. And every morning that you think about different things to do, I honestly think every single person has that in them. Like, I think that regardless of the lowest lows that are happening in your day to day, everyone has that itch for creativity and productivity. And all of, all it really takes is one good sit down to think about where do I stand? What is my expertise? And what can I do to actually utilize this opportunity? Because the golden opportunity right now that people need to just pay attention to is the fact that every single person is looking at their cell phone device more than they've ever had, right? They're either looking at it for day-to-day -day news to know what's going on because that's obviously important and in Twitter it's constantly trending. Um, but in the world of celebrities and athletes and movie stars and singers, they're also spending all their time on Instagram stories and Instagram live sharing stuff. You know, yesterday the weekend was on and the weekend would never get on Instagram stories. And he spent like an hour on Instagram live jamming with his fans and sharing exclusive music. So I think about the fact that all these eyeballs, the people that you could never reach in a million years because they were so far away with how busy they are, are suddenly grounded and they're in their residence and they're in their comfort zone looking at their phone device more often than not, you looking at Instagram, what an opportunity for you to reach out to them and actually do the things that you couldn't have done before. Grounded. Gary Vee is, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And Gary Vee is like the example of one of the busiest persons out there, right? Like when people think of someone that hustles and busy, Gary Vee comes to mind. The fact that even Gary Vee started a new segment where he pivoted and he's doing a daily tea yeah. with Instagram and Facebook Live and he's chatting with people and he's telling people like, hey guys, post your questions in the comments and I'm going to get back to you. If that's not an indicator that the busiest people in the world are settling in and paying attention to comments and, and messages that are coming in, then I don't know if there's any other better indicator out there. There's a small window right now where a lot of people are uh, putting the world on pause and looking down at their phones and needing entertainment. And if you're not using, taking this small window as an opportunity, the window will be closed one day and you're going to look back and you're going to wish you did more during this time. 100 uh, percent i saw that thing with uh, gary v and he was also doing this segment where he was um talking to people and like he was offering them jobs like it was like cool and i i saw this on tiktok mostly but uh he was live streaming with people and like you know in instagram you can connect with like live streams and stuff so he was doing that with other people and just talking to them helping them out and then like a couple of the people he's like how would you like a job this summer and like they blew up they were like this i thought this was just uh live stream and now you're offering me a job so like he's out there engaging with his audience and like i think at this time it's just you building your market share like although like even um paid ads and marketing and things like that like you need to transition over now not to selling products or services but just building that brand awareness building that reputation and just kind of being there for people at this time so for him to actually settle down and start engaging more that's a huge thing i even yeah. um I don't know if you know this um, comedian, his name's Andrew Schultz. I posted about him recently. He started, he went on live yesterday and did a Corona's Got Talent. So he was, he basically just sent out a message saying, hey, if you have any sort of talent, come on thing, we're going to start featuring people. And he was featuring, he gave everyone like a five minute window and he was featuring different people every five minutes. So one person was like a musician, one person was a dancer. Like it was just like different things. It was such a cool interact and he had like 5,000 people viewing him so like engagement was there and like people were like following like I was looking at some accounts that were featured and then I look back and they had like 2,000 new followers and I'm like 
So he was just there networking and really just building off what's happening right now and taking all the negative stuff that's happened and switched it and made it more of a engaging, interactive. And he it was so funny because again, he's a comedian. So he called it Corona's Got Talent. I found it was, I, I don't know why, I just started dying with the name and I was like, this is Come brilliant. On. I mean, the, the rule of thumb right now is evolve or evaporate, right? You're going to either evolve or you're going to evaporate. And there's unfortunately, and it's sad, but there's so many businesses and so many um, one-man shops or influencers that are giving up their hopes and dreams and their success to downgrade and do a lot of the things that maybe they wouldn't have wanted to do if they were in better times. And I think when I look at a lot of them, I'm wondering if there was a way that they could have evolved and saved themselves, right? Um, the late show, late night shows are a great example right now. Like we know Jimmy Fallon is doing his show from home. Mm-hmm. Um, if you look at Seth Myers, um, great comedian, but I always thought he was a great comedian because he also had a very interactive and hype audience that would hype up his jokes and laugh extra hard. But then now all of a sudden he's doing his show in his house, in his hallway, as a matter of fact, if you look at the video, he's sitting in his hallway where you can see the staircase behind him. And what's interesting is Seth Myers is getting more views in his YouTube live show than he has ever got in his past show with an audience. And he's actually very, very funny without even needing an audience. He's done a very good job executing it. So if you have someone like that with an absolute superstar that humbled himself and said, I'm going to downgrade and I'm going to do it from my living room, I'm going to trust my content. And I'm, I know that my content will be enough to justify the fact that I'm sitting in my hallway and no one's going to really care. And I think that's where it's important. Um, you and I were on a, on a live chat yesterday. We were watching uh, Instagram. We were watching an Instagram live conversation happening. And there was someone that was commenting at the bottom talking about how um, she was lacking confidence. She said she didn't have the confidence to do a lot of these uh, putting out content. And I think about the confidence being that where she's looking back at herself and saying, I have a flaw, you know, like something about me is not good, whether I stutter too much or I'm not good at speaking in front of a camera, or maybe I don't like the way I look. Like there's many things that she was listing out as a potential excuse, but I think about what you're losing as a result of of not putting stuff out there. And I think you have to trust the content that if you truly are good, like if you truly have expertise in what you're putting out, that people will be more involved in the content of what you're doing rather than how you look and how you sound. And if you trust the content, I think that's a great motivator to push it forward. Well, even the, this, uh, the Zoom mini-series that I'm doing, when we filmed our first episode, I was looking back at the video of it, and it wasn't the best quality. And I was like, I, sec- I was like, shit, like, I don't know if I can post this. And then I was like, I'm like, yo, we had a great discussion. I'm like, it doesn't matter. I'm like, if someone is in the comments saying this video sucks, like the quality of video sucks, like they're missing out on the message on what the content is, like the real content, right? So it means that they wouldn't have got the message anyways. Exactly. Like even if even if it was a great crisp video, they're too focused on the quality of the delivery and the medium rather than the content that's being provided. Well, for sure. So I think. I think it all comes down to your perspective on just COVID-19. I think it, you can either, you mentioned, you said um, you can either evolve or evaporate. I think that is like going to be the title of this, of this uh, series because or of this episode, because I think that's so true. Like even when, with me, like I, I deal with a lot of hospitality industry businesses and right now they're probably suffering like not I want to say the most but they're up there and those list of um, businesses that are suffering and 
obviously clients were putting on things on hold because of what's going on. And I took literally it took me, I only took five minutes to like freak out. And I was like, holy shit, like, what am I going to do now? And then I just started evolving. I'm like, let, okay, if I can't do this, what can I do? I'm like, let's start this, let's do this. And I'm like, maybe this is a downtime for me, but during this downtime, I'm preparing myself for the next six months to a year. I'm yes. ready to go. Yeah. So. 100%. And the important thing to note also is that the entire world is very empathetic. Like they understand that you can't produce your high quality videos in a professional studio because you're just at home. Like everyone understands this quarantine thing is real all around the world. So when, when people are doing um, videos in their bedroom or in their hallway or in like in a crappy selfie mode video camera, people are not as judgmental as they usually would have been. So this is a great window to take advantage of the fact that, hey, let me just quickly, this is where speed matters. How quickly can I put out content instead of worrying about the heavy editing and quality for a very long time? I've been speaking about this for a long time where I said that quality is overrated when it comes to the delivery method. Mm -hmm. And I, I proved it with my podcast show over and over again, where my entire podcast show takes place of me driving in a car. You hear background noises all the time, yet it was one of the most popular podcast shows for the millennial generation that, that year. So and my, my number one most listened to episode back then for season one was an episode that I did with my friend Sam Demma. And when I first met Sam Demma, we got together at a uh, at local Starbucks and we sat out in a patio and the patio had music blasting and it was loud and there was a lot of people talking. And there was a car that drove by um, every few seconds while we were talking and recording this episode that we were doing at the Starbucks. Mm -hmm. And then at the very end, when he left and I left, I realized that I forgot to even take a photo with him. So I had to go way back in time and find an old photo that I took with him that was crappy quality. It was in a dark, uh, dark theater hall. So you could barely even see us. And it was like very pixelated, but that's all I had. And I put it out. I put out an episode that was loud, crappy quality uh, photo and just a lot of volume that was happening. But at the same time, Sam and I were delivering value. Yeah. And that content ended up skyrocketing the views and it became one of the most listened to podcast episode in my entire show. And I would say that it was because me and him delivered on the value of the content and not worried as much about not putting it out there. Can you imagine what a loss it would have been if I look back at the quality and I said, this is too bad, I'm gonna delete it, or even try to re-record it with Sam where we both know that it wouldn't have been as good as it was the first time? Yeah, I know, I think, I think um, again, it comes, it comes down to like just self-judgment. Um, it, even like with a, a lot of people that I deal with, that I work with, even help with personal brands, a lot of them are scared to post stuff. They're like, it's not at this quality. And I think they compare themselves to a lot of like big influencers and big people in the industry. And they're like, oh, my quality is not as good as theirs. So no one's going to want to listen to my stuff because it's not, the quality's not there. Um, right now is the perfect time to post content, to create content, to post content. Um, with me, like, because I have a blog page, like a food blog page, restaurants are closed. What do I do? The first thing I was like, I'm like, I already cook. I'm like, I do it behind the scenes. I don't really promote my cooking a lot. I'm like, let's start running cooking videos. So okay. we're in the series now. And it's just simple stuff. Like basically, it's not like I'm planning on my recipes because the last thing I want to do is leave my house and go to a grocery store. So we are literally opening the fridge and I'm like, what can I make with what I have here? Like regular things that everyone should have. So we're creating a lot of content on that stuff. Um, with the restaurants at this point, I know restaurants are hurting. I can't go to restaurants like 
physically. So right now I'm just going into my archives and I'm just pumping out content as much as I can. I've been like, I, I before all this was happening, we were posting like, I was posting like once every two, three days, whatever. Now I'm posting twice a day minimum. Like I'm just pumping out content because like you said, there's more people with their head down on their phone. And this is a time where we just need to grab that attention. So the more I'm posting, the more people are engaging, the more, and like, I've noticed if you look at my last maybe six posts, my comments have been like over the roof. I haven't gotten that many comments in so long. And that's because people want that communication, want that interaction. So taking advantage of this time is like, it's, I'm not saying it's easy to take advantage, but you, like you mentioned this too, you just have to sit down, have one creative session and just think about how you're going to move forward during these times and how you're going to adapt to it. And instead of complaining about how it's affected you, how to evolve and how to come like how to acquire, not acquire, how to adapt to these times essentially. So yeah, I enjoyed what you said about that. So I definitely- you are you are so smart, man. Like I, I think about a lot of people that might have been in your situation where if majority of their content was about the restaurant world and going out and eat and where to go and um, even the great things that you do around the food passport. The mm-hmm. fact that all of that basically becomes inactive during this time, I think if they weren't a kaifer, meaning they didn't have your mindset, I think a lot of them would shut down shop and try to like find different ways to make money or or worse even complain that situations are the reason why they're going bankrupt i love that you have the mindset of saying that i'm not going to focus on that like yeah it sucks like it's not something that i'm happy about but i need to figure out how to pivot and pivot quickly and i know right now like your room is filled with lights uh you got cameras you got everything ready to go so that you can produce content still focusing on your expertise and your genre, like still focus on the fact that your followers are a community of people that want to discuss and communicate around food and their passion for it. I love that you still focus on the same target market, but you found a different way to provide value for them. And I think that's very important where a lot of people will not have that option where they won't have a second medium. If they can't provide value to their audience now, they're now stuck. And you, on the other hand, have kept moving. I think that's brilliant, man. Good for you. Thank you. Uh, even just going on with adapting. So like I said, like, like you said, my audience is very food based. They are, they enjoy my account because of food. Like when I first started talking about like business and lifestyle and motivation, I had a couple of people message me and be like, yo, stick to food. Like, and again, I never listened to that because I'm like, whatever, like that's one out of the 10,000 plus whatever. Um, right now I am just trying to, like I said, adapt and evolve and uh, one of our one of the other mini series in this is uh, with a person in the fitness industry, and we're just going to be discussing a lot of like how to eat better at home, how to work a better home. So like we're just try- I'm trying to cater to my audience, but still create a conversation that a lot of people can jump into. So so far it's going good. I'm excited, and that's why I was like I need to get you on. I'm like season finale, Mafuz out here just dropping gems. Um, I'm totally getting off this whole group, like the conversation, which I'm totally fine with. Um, I wanted to, uh, I know we've discussed a lot of this, but like, what have you learned from COVID-19? Like, what was something that you were like, holy shit, like, I, like, I can't believe this happened. How, what did you learn? And like, moving forward, like, how are you going to change the way you do things? Yeah, um, this is a really good question. I think in terms of what I learned more than anything else is the power of community. And I am 
so impressed. Like faith of faith in humanity is more restored than it's ever been after seeing how people have been responding to this stuff. Yeah, you got the batch of rotten apples in every barrel where they're gonna be very negative and complain and bash the environment and the government and everything. And they're, they just happen to be louder than anyone else. So it seems like there's a lot of them, but there really isn't. There's a massive community of people that are supporting each other. Um, the amount of people that I haven't spoken to in a long time that's been messaging me on Instagram and LinkedIn and Facebook, just saying like, hey, hope is all as well. I've been thinking about you. You know, I even had an ex-girlfriend that I haven't talked to in a long time message me out of the blue and she, her message had nothing to do with anything. She's just like, hey, just wanted to check on you. Wanted to make sure everything was good with you. She's like, regardless of what happened, um, I want you to know that we're in it together and I hope that you're good. I thought that was very cool. Like that wouldn't have happened in any other environment. Um, and the amount of video chats that are happening now that aren't just one-on-one -on -one or even for the sake of creating content, a lot of these video chats are happening right now for the sake of connection. And what's interesting about that is they're bringing in people from different areas and they're bouncing ideas back and forth in order to keep it going. There are local communities, like we've seen a Mississauga chat. I saw the Brampton Proud do a video chat. Um, there's a lot of different things happening, but there's also like expertise community. Like there'll be a marketing gathering coming together. There'll be a video gathering. There'll be an animation gathering, art gathering. A lot of people are just bringing people together to discuss, hey, how do we survive? Like, what do I need to do that you're doing? And I, a few of my friends, you know, I have a lot of friends in the world of speaking and public speaking is something that I've built a big community around. Mm -hmm. And a lot of them are coming and knocking on my door saying we need help and digitally knocking on my door. This shouldn't be physically knocking on my door at this time. Uh, they're coming in and asking for help. They're saying like, hey, we lost all our speaking gigs. What do I do? And I'm thinking a lot about how to help them. Mm -hmm. The same way where the community came in and helped me when I just needed someone to talk to. The same way that you and I would get on a video call and just bounce ideas for absolutely no reason and no agenda. We just need to talk and inspire each other. And I think seeing the community inspire and empower each other has been higher than it's ever been. And people that you lost connection with due to the fact that you've been busy have now been rekindling. Like I've seen, I'm seeing a lot of these connections come back together. I've talked to a lot of people this week that I haven't talked to in years. And I, I can credit a lot of that out of the fact that we, we had the opportunity to slow down and actually do something about it. So I think that's the most impressive thing to me and surprising thing that I learned. Um, in terms of what I'm doing different, I learned that there's many ways to solve a problem. Like there's many paths that you can take to get to your final destination. Um, I'll give you an example of one of our clients. And sometimes it's hard to talk about clients because I want to respect privacy. But in the vaguest way that I can explain this, um, we have video shoots, you know, video is part of our digital marketing service. Um, and a lot of our clients require us uh, to go down there and do a video shoot with them. Like we go there in person, we set up in the set, we have this full in-person interaction because I love doing it in person. And now we're hit with this huge brick in the face that says, hey, guess what? No more video shoots. You can't go meet them in person. Everything needs to be on pause. And a lot of these clients would call you and saying like, hey, what do we do? Do we reschedule? Do we cancel it? Should we just not do it at all? And the easy answer would have been yes. You know, blame coronavirus, blame COVID-19. Say, yes, the market is messing with me, so let's put everything on pause. But there are many other ways to get to that final destination. And one of the, one of the solutions, we have many, many solutions that we've done with different clients, but one that I particularly want to share is a video shoot that we were going to do that required us to follow a client around in the city. Instead of doing that, we got on a video call like this one. We spoke to the client directly about potentially changing the direction of how they do the video shoot. 
and we set up the stage so that we would be helping them coordinate a video shoot while they film it from home. So wow. they would be filming themselves. We would be on a Zoom call like this, watching them set up the set, and we would be instructing them. We'd say, hey, this maybe is not the right clothing to wear. There's too many stripes, you know, you're changing to a flat color. Hey, the lighting here is not good. Yeah, representing the stripes. I got my uh, my Raptors gear, man. What's up? You, sorry to sidetrack, but I saw you post that. I was like, yo, maybe I should wear my rap shirt too. But I'm like, yeah, gonna look cheap. Hey, man, you are you are your uh, Kobe Bryant shirt when you visited our studio. I had to put some basketball gear on and match up. You know, I get it. Um, but yeah, the uh, the short version of the story is that I, we were able to dictate how to still do a video shoot from the comfort of our own homes. Mm-hmm. We were watching it through our screens on call together, helping them like we're there in person. So they're getting a lot of our expertise. And I even went as far as gone on, I went on Amazon, I purchased three light stands and I shipped it to their doorstep using Amazon Prime. So in two days, they received the lights at their doorstep and they're now setting that up in their own home. So it still looks like a professional studio. And I did that at cost. We gifted it to the client because we thanked them for their service and being able to accommodate us with this change. And it ended up being an incredible video. Like it just ended up becoming something that I didn't even think we could execute, but what an amazing way for us to adapt and still be able to deliver a professional style video that we can bring out to the market without canceling or making excuses. That's just one out of like four other stories I could give you in ways that we made video work with our clients. Well, and, and I think that's such a, like, that's something that's just got my brain running, right? I'm actually taking notes while we're speaking because I'm like, it's a perfect opportunity for me to apply this. What I did with a lot of the clients I'm still working with is we just switched over our content to more audio. So I'm like, hey, I'm like, I need you to go into it. I'm like, if you're not comfortable, because a lot of them don't have the equipment or cameras or whatever it is to um, record video, I was like, let's try something where you go into a quiet room, pull out your iPhone or your recording device, hit record and speak. And what I'll do is I'll create either an animation to put your voice over. I'll create a, just like a, not, I want to say a podcast, but just like a voice, like have your voice over a picture of you or something. We have, I have so much content, right? I also have a lot of video content. So we were just doing a lot of voiceover content now and just basically building it so that it's, we can still produce as much content, probably even better content now because they don't have to worry how they look. They're just spitting like facts and details and information about their businesses and services. And now it's like, like I said, I have an archive of videos, pictures, and I was just throwing it on there and just yeah. building around yeah. that. As someone that works in a marketing agency, I have my ears to the streets all the time of what's happening in different industries, right? Because a lot of our clients are in different sectors. Some of them are in transportation, some of them are in food, some of them are in media, and it lets me pay attention to what's happening. One of the things that I'll tell you that I've been noticing that's happening in the industry right now, more people are spending more time than ever actually researching. So they'll actually read the, the caption. So, you know, in Instagram, when you write a long caption, they'll actually read it. But that also means that they'll research. So if they're researching you, they're also researching your competitors, which means they're spending more time on websites now. Mm-hmm. And we've seen the numbers go up where back then, you know, 15 seconds, you don't get their attention. They're gone. Now they're spending almost a minute going through your website top to bottom and learning a lot about it. So I think this is a sign. And I think the sign is that if any company right now or any marketer or any business owner wants to pivot, one of the things that they need to do is they need to be more personable and service their customers over service the way that they couldn't do right now with, with all the chains that are out there with everything holding you back. Um, This is an opportunity for you to service them 
by putting out more content and being more real. And this means like go on selfie mode, show more of your face, introduce yourself as, Hey, I'm the, I'm the founder of this company and I want to speak to you directly. I don't need to put all this marketing flash. Here is me in the most authentic way possible telling you that there is a problem, but there's also a solution. That's right. That's right. And just, as you said, straight facts, straight value, straight from person to camera without any filters needed. And I think that brings the realness where if people are spending more time reading and people are spending more time watching, this is the best time to get to them in ways that you couldn't, unless you came up with like a catchy phrase or a jingle once upon a time. Now you can actually have a real conversation with them. This is why when you go on Instagram live and I encourage everyone to try this to really prove that it works, get on Instagram live and watch how many people not only join the video, but stay for the entire time. Cause Hey, they got time to kill. They're not trying to back out and do something else. They're laying in their bed and watching the entire thing. And that's a real proof and a testament to the fact that a lot of people are just paying attention for a longer duration. I love what you said about people searching things up. So, and that's why it was so crazy before all this happened, I was actually transitioning my content over to more it's long-term SEO friendly searchable content. And that's like YouTube, that's uh, blog posts. That's like Pinterest, any, any, um, social media platform or websites that have search engine capabilities because a lot of people now especially during this time they're stuck at home they want to research they want to learn more so they're actually typing in like how home workouts or uh, how to be more efficient at home or whatever it is they're typing it out um, a lot of pro a lot of mis not mistakes but a lot of people focus on instagram they focus on facebook like linkedin where you can't really or linkedin you can in a way but Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, let's just say Snapchat, all these platforms, even TikTok, it's very hard to search a certain thing. Like if I want to do, if I want to learn a specific thing, like how to get my arms bigger, like I can't search that on Instagram. You know what I'm trying to say? And people are pumping out value content on all these, all these social platforms. But five years from now, like no one's ever going to see that content. Whether like, well, well, if you go through YouTube now or you do a blog post on your website or let's say, I'm just saying Pinterest. I don't even know. Do you use Pinterest? I have occasionally, but I use it more for consuming content and inspiration yeah. rather than putting stuff out there. I get more creative ideas. Like, even yeah. photography, like you get some cool ideas on there. Um, but yeah, just, I'm just saying Pinterest because I, I like, I like stating like three different areas to be active on. Um, but basically, yeah creating content on these platforms now your web like blog posts uh youtube especially like if you that's that's content that people can search while you're sleeping that's content people can search five years from now so that content is going to continuously show up either on google searches or wherever you're searching that youtube wherever it is um that and that will help you get noticed either as a personal brand as a business whatever it is so a lot of the businesses that we're dealing i'm dealing with right now it's like i'm telling them hey create blog posts like you have more time sit down write out a thing write out a blog um if you don't feel comfortable writing speak it out and i'll convert that into an uh like a written document um i'm like we already do videos let's let's create and how you said and it's a good idea with getting actual equipment to send to their house because i think i might do that for a few of my clients too but um just creating more video content or like I said how I was doing it was the audio and you just put out put a like b-roll clips over it uh, yeah. basically with that we just post that stuff on YouTube because that's where people are searching things like and any platform right now where you're searching things you're going to get the most engagement easily like that's something yeah. that everyone should be doing now 
Such a good point, man. Yeah, I mean, SEO can't be said enough, right? Like this is the opportunity right now to um, win top of mind as much as you can. Like if people are searching, are you the expert that provided them with the answer? Because if you are, then they're going to remember you as the go-to expert. Like if I'm searching for fitness tips, there's maybe like three people on Instagram that I follow that are, that I consider like my fitness mentors and they don't even know I exist. I've never spoken to them in person. And the only reason I came across their accounts is because of good SEO. I would search for information online and I'd be like, hey, I'm trying to learn how to do the strong lift. And then there'd be good information on strong lift. Then I'd be like, hey, I'm trying to figure out how to do fat loss, good information on fat loss. And then after the third search, I'd be like, yo, it's the same guy talking about all three. And that guy knows his stuff, which means when I think about, I need to go to a guy to actually find things and good information, that was my guy. And then I found out that that guy did a podcast show to answer questions. I'm now subscribed to his show. I'm now following on his Instagram. I'm now on his website. I've even gone as far as I bought products based on his recommendation. And I make sure to even go through his affiliate link because I know he gets a bit of a cut if I do, just because I feel like he deserves it. Like I feel like if he gave me that value, he should deserve that money as a result of it. So I bought a lot of things based on that. So tying it with what you said is if you're that guy or girl that's giving that valuable insight based on what the person is searching, you now have an opportunity to win top of mind. I don't think right now we're in that, in that phase of making sales. I don't think we're at conversion points. I think we're at the point now where life is all about putting out content to build brand awareness and trust with other people. They need to know you exist and they need to trust your expertise where down the road, maybe not today, maybe not next month, maybe even a few months later, down the road when they are in need of your service, you're top of mind because you gave them that value when they needed it the most. Mm -hmm. I was, so I've been speaking to a few friends about just like how COVID-19 has affected them and how they're adapting and evolving to to these, this situation. And a lot of them were like, they were like, hey, my, my boss is going to let me go because there's no work, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I'm like, yo, you can actually turn this around and go to your boss and be like, hey, let's create content for the next three months. Let's build a strategy. Like, I want to help you do this. Like, I understand. And if anything, I'm like, yo, take a pay cut. Like, take something instead of losing your job. I'm like, but showing your boss there's value in situations like that instead of just giving up. I'm like, there's so much opportunity for you to um, just create so like for instance i'll give an example and i won't mention any names but uh she works at a gym and they're like gym is closed i can no longer like i have no work and i was like it's a private gym it's not like a good life for in la so i was telling her i was like create content maybe i'm like tell your boss now like instead of you being a trainer you're now a social media manager and you're gonna manage the gym account at home and teach people at home workouts i'm like i don't know the billing process of how you guys do it but maybe start a private account for just your members and give them exclusive content for just people that are still having that paid membership. Right. So there's ways to adapt and evolve to it. And I think like you just have to figure those things out and instead of letting them hurt you. Right. So. Yeah. But they're like community engagement will never die. It'll never die. I don't care where, what, how good the world is or how bad or how good the timing is or, or how off it is. Community management will always exist. And I think one of the things that always is underestimated is the value that you get long-term when building a community. You know, when you go to a lot of your bosses and CEOs and you suggest to them like, hey, let me spend some time building a following, whether it's an email list, a subscriber list, or, or people are following you on social media, or they're just keeping up with your day-to-day. 
building that doesn't show a sale right away. It doesn't show an ROI or a dollar amount. And that sometimes makes the CEO and business owner say, no, I don't want to invest money into it. But it's doing these hardships like now, like the way we are going today, that they will look back and they'll be glad that they built a community. The reason Candybox has been doing extremely well and the fact that um, we're actually working as efficiently as possible, like everyone's working from home, we haven't had to lay off a single person, our clients are still very active and we're still very efficient. And the reason we've been able to do that is we spent years building that community and platform that allows us to keep giving. And I think that a lot of people that don't build that platform, they're feeling the wrath right now. If you're starting your first account today and your first email blast or your first marketing approach to build a brand awareness, um, you're going to have a difficult time. Let me be honest. Let me be very clear. I'm not going to say it's easy. I'm not going to say you're going to jump in there and it'll work. You're going to need to spend a lot more time than someone like, like Mr. Social Eats that already has a community. Mm -hmm. Like you have a community. And as a result of that, you can continue enhancing, nurturing, and building where someone who's starting from scratch won't. But don't let me leave you there. If you're the person that's starting today and you have zero followers and you know you need to do something to build a community, I, go, I say go right into the direct messages. Yeah. Going back to what we said at the very beginning that, hey, a lot of people, more people than ever are looking at their phones at the same time on Instagram. This is a good chance for you to start building real relationships. The beauty of um, Instagram DM, even if you have zero followers, you can speak to a thousand people a day. Yeah. You really could if you wanted to. And you have the ability to spend as much time as you want building those where without a doubt, if you have good conversations, is it really that much of a surprise that they're going to follow you and they're going to keep up with your content and they're going to keep engaging with you long-term great conversations is what thrives today. Community, man, community engagement will never die. It's so funny when you were saying, I know you mentioned this before, you said 10% of Instagram is like the post, the live, like whatever, like, feed posts things like that but 90 percent is dms and that's so true and it's so like people think dms like what are like i think there's that that stigma behind dms where it's like oh i'm bugging people i'm, I'm a weirdo i'm a creep like but you um utilizing your dms and this optimizing the opportunities you have there are huge so like uh just and it's so funny i sometimes i get like people that just put emojis and i'm like i've never spoke to you in my life like how do i respond to this like that is not yeah. a conversation starter so there's ways to do that but especially now because people have more time to be on their phones and it's so funny like i don't know if you have an iphone or how if they track this on like android but you can actually look at your phone usage like how much time you spend on your phone and i can guarantee you 90 percent of the population has a higher usage which means that they're yeah. more so networking now you said like, contacting 100 people a day and like not just spamming people but literally conversations so for with me like I was telling you about that. Uh, I told you before about that 10 by 10 rule for Instagram, how to increase engagement. And one thing you do is comment on people's stories, comment on people's posts, just to start conversations. I've noticed now there's more responses to all of the stuff. I, I, I continuously do that. It's not like I just started now because of this, but now the more like I'm doing it the same, I'm probably doing a little more now. And I've noticed that there's more engagement back. People are actually responding to my comments. People are actually responding to DMs and having conversations with me. So right now it's a huge thing. And I, like you said, community is huge. Um, my friend brought this up and I was like, his mind is next level. I'm going to share his account with you. Um, he's also going to be featured on one of these episodes, but he had brought up this hypothetical situation. Imagine in the future, you're talking to your kids and they were asking you what a networking event is like, just adapting to new times. Like imagine 
physical networking events stopped and now it's all online communication networking is done online like because let's just say we don't know how long this pandemic is going to go for um just to throw some history on this the spanish flu in 1918 people probably thought that was like a short period of time it ended up for two years that thing was going on for two years again they didn't have like the technology of the communication now and i think that's why like i think they uh, estimated about 50 million people died which is like absolutely insane um they didn't have all that like that the social uh, media and all that stuff to bring out those messages but i think now adapt like who knows how long this will go so for instance like you were saying you were talking about you have a big community with public speakers like are they going to just stop public speaking now until this goes over what happens if it's two years do they find a job or do they evolve and run events online now where you have to buy a ticket for like 10 bucks and you you get ex exclusive access to this public speaking event where they're in their bedroom like imagine just the community involved engagement just involved over to a digital platform and there was no such thing as like um biz mixers and there's no such thing as like uh, brampton proud community social nights and whatever they are like just imagine how much people like how there's this huge room for that evolving and like what like there could be at a time where there's no more interactive physical events which is like mind-boggling just to think about like and he had mentioned it in a, in a form of the kids like he's like like 20 years 30 years from now kid your kid says like what's a what's a business mixer what's the social night like and you're like oh we used to go and meet people and like in we used to go to a, a room and network with people and talk to people and they're probably like they're sitting there confused because that's they're like wild. what yeah so yeah. it's just adapting to the times now like like and i think the biggest fear right now is people don't know how long this is going to be so it's like and i'm not saying this comes down to laziness but a lot of people are like do i find another way to make income do i find another way to do this or that or do i just go to ei and wait this out again i know they're offering ei right now but like that only lasts for like four months i think i'm not 100 percent sure on the facts on that but again then what happens after four months what if this continues what if this social distancing becomes the new norm where it's like hey like there's no more movie like cineplex like movie theaters what are they doing right now do you know what i'm trying yeah. to say I haven't yeah. really their marketing in general, but I'm just saying like there's so much things like this is a time where Netflix subscriptions are going over the roof, Hulu, Prime, Amazon Prime, like the video stuff. So all these is just adapting. Um, internet obviously has proven that it's been taking over, and I think this period in time it's gonna go to another level. Like internet crushed the transportation business, taxi drivers. They don't exist, and why? Why is it that they don't exist? It's not that they were offering a bad service. It's just that they didn't adapt to the situations, adapt to what the internet was doing. Uber came in and crushed them. Like, yeah, I didn't know a taxi. I, I, I can't remember the last time I called a taxi, even thought about or like calling anything. Like, I don't know. I don't even know if taxis still exist. I yeah. Uber, like, it's not as busy as. And I remember before I used when we when the transition was happening from taxi to Ubers. Like, I would still get into taxis and we we're downtown, whatever it is. And we would always, I would always ask the taxi driver, like the number one thing is like, how do you feel about Uber now? Like what's going on? And every single person, all they did was complain. Complain. Yeah. I heard it too. All they did was complain and they never said like, I never heard anything like I'm thinking about going over to Uber or I've talked to my taxi company and said, we should get onto a mobile platform or internet, things like that. So 
internet is just crushing businesses one by one. Amazon, another one that has crushed so many businesses because they can't compete with this giant. And Jeff Bezos said Amazon only does 10%. Like he's, he considers Amazon small still, which is like insane. I think that's insane. I think yeah. it's slowly just going to crush. The internet is just crushing things. So like same thing with like these mixers and same thing with these, um, these events and like public speaking events and things like that. Like, like I don't, I'm not saying like they should forget about booking events and stuff now, but they need to evolve. They need to have a contingency plan, like, and not just like a one month contingency. Like they need to go into a in-depth six months, 12 month contingency plan of, Hey, like if this doesn't get back to normal, what am I going to do to survive? Like I need to figure out ways to adapt to what's happening and use the tools that we have to really, um, evolve and start pivoting and moving to the right direction. Yeah. Yeah. No. Wow. You, you've shared so much good stuff in there. Um, I definitely, without a doubt, think that we're all underestimating the severeness of COVID-19 right now. And I think more than anything else, if we're underestimating anything is duration. I think people are still optimistic that we'll be out in two weeks. I like to think so. I like to hope so. Um, but I'm already starting to plan what it would be like if we went into the next month and the month after. And you're right. If anything is changing more than anything else is, is, um, the average, the, the everyday person's behavior, like how people are spending their time and what they're doing, right? Like the human behavior is changing significantly. And the internet is a great example of that. Like the internet has changed our significance, um, behavior so much over the last few years, and it's going to continue doing that. But like at the same time, you, you mentioned the Spanish flu and how it was hard to get the messaging across back then. We are so fortunate to be living in a time where it was easy for us to get that information. Like imagine if it happened down in China and we didn't know about that unless it was watching it through like a black and white television where a news reporter comes on every once in a while to give us update. We're relying on that person or that network's expertise to give us the information and that's all we know. We have to take it as facts. We have to take them as the credible experts. Where now, it's an arena where a lot of people are throwing their hats in. They're throwing their gloves in. They're throwing their towels in. Everyone is sharing their different opinions about their perspective. And expertise are coming on and debating these things. So now we're more informed. Now we're not coming in as someone that's like, hey, we just heard one person talk about it. So this has to be true. Now you're hearing hundreds to thousands of people talk about it. So you can make a more informed, educated uh, guess and a perspective on what you think is happening out there. So uh, we're fortunate that we can get news in real time, or I think this pandemic would have been a lot worse and not as, as easily managed, right? Like with getting people in their house, with teaching best practices. Yeah. Imagine how much worse it would have been. So yeah, that's, why those that's why it was 50 million, because at that time there was no like telecommunication. It was literally like, hey, we need to send a message to the other village, send a horse, like whatever that yeah. was. And yeah. Like, scary to think like this again we still see people and like and it and i'm not saying i hate six buzz and things like that but like six buzz all these media companies are posting all the stupid things people are doing like did you i don't know if you've seen there was a guy that was at like shoppers drug mart and he licked a bunch of yeah yeah it look at it i'm like what the hell but like people do that one for just that attention they're like oh if i do this six buzz will definitely repost me and like I think platforms like that need to change their messaging and be like, no, like, start highlighting people that are working out from home, start highlighting people that are dropping 
um, awesome tips and strategies and stuff instead of posting all these idiots that are out socializing and um, so like literally yeah. hugging yeah. and stuff like that. So I think, I think the, the unfortunate thing about um, like media companies is that they know that controversy sells and their whole goal is like for me to get more viewers, we need to entertain the viewers. We need to give them drama. And a lot of that is tainted, which is why I say like, there's a few rotten apples, but there isn't as many as we think. They're just louder. They just get more attention than the others. But you're right. Like now that we're on social media, like there is nothing stopping you from going to Twitter and sharing your opinion to the world, right? With the use of the right hashtag at the right time, you're reaching out to thousands of people about your informed, educated. So now it gives us an opportunity to spotlight the good news as well. Now it gives us an opportunity to spotlight, like the other day I was sharing on my Instagram how this photographer did a photo shoot of a model through this Zoom call. Like they would literally be like, hey, move a little left. Okay, picture. Then move a little right, picture. Yeah. I right? Mean, like it's crazy. Yeah, I think, I remember I was, I was showing you some other ones that, and just how to evolve. Like you said, evolve or evaporate. So like photographers, what like, and I'm sure there's some photographers now that are actually charging for that because why not? If they're offering amazing work um, and now just building that content for, as a photographer, like I remember the one I showed you about the guy that drove to his friends, stayed in his car and just took some shots. And I'm like, these are like, or people drove to his house and he was out his window, just like literally shooting videos. And I'm like, or pictures. And I'm like, yo, that is insane. Yeah. And I, I know some photographers or videographers out here, this will say like, oh, if I do it, they're going to, my customers are going to be like, why should I hire you if I can do it myself? Yeah. But I think we underestimate the value of expertise. Yeah. I think we underestimate like why, how much people will pay for someone that knows how to do things professionally. Like I worked with a lot of photographers last year and I paid them very well. And I know that I'm a pretty good photographer myself but I still pay them for their expertise. And when I get together with them, I tell them right off the bat, like, listen, you're the expert. I'm going to tell you my vision. I'm going to step back and then I'm going to let you do what you want. And I'm going to do what you asked me to do because I want you to do your best work. And I think it's important to trust that um, there's a reason why the, the consulting business is so rich. It's because a lot of people are paying money for expertise. So as a photographer, you're right. The person on the other side of the webcam, they probably could have taken their own photo. But the fact that you've instructed how to do it and the fact that you would have provided value at like photo editing, quality, um, make it nice and crisp, clean it up a little bit. The fact that you can do all that, I guarantee you, you'll more likely increase the revenue and the business model than you would have decreased it. Yeah. But um, what I wanted to talk a little bit about, I, I want to get into this a little bit more because this is, you, you brought up a really interesting point, which is um, the way that the market market's behavior is changing. And I think a lot about this is, um, you know, they say that the average person, in order for them to build a new habit, takes anywhere from, um, some people say it's 18 days, some people say it's 30 days, some people say it's 90 days. As a, as a matter of fact, um, a good friend of mine, Bawanka, who runs a uh, initiative called Continual Growth, um, gives out these boards. And it's a board that he uh, hooked me up with. And what's great is that he has a rule that says 21. And it says, in 21 days, you can achieve a new habit. And the first thing you would do is you write down your habit. So as you can see there, I attempted to drink two liters of water, um, which, which, you know, you helped me with that when you challenged me to drink a glass of water that other day. And what you do is for every day that you do drink water, you mark it off, mark it off, mark it off, and you work your way up to 21. So his, his perspective is it takes 21 days to build a new habit. When you're stuck at home and you can't go out and do all the things you would have done that was habit, 
you're going to, whether you like it or not, you're going to build new habits. And I think about the fact that some people's habit is going to be listening to podcasts on a day-to-day basis, like every single day. People that have never heard podcasts before, I guarantee you podcast viewership is about to go massively high. Um, YouTube, same thing. The amount of time that someone spends watching YouTube videos are going to massively increase. The question you got to ask yourself is, are you going to be the show that they're watching? Are you going to be the show that they're listening to? And if you do get into that state where they're listening to your podcast show every day, or they're watching your YouTube videos, or they're watching your Instagram stories, or they're reading your blog articles, I can go on and on. If you are the thing that they're consuming for those 21, 30, 90 days, whatever, however long this quarantine thing, thing takes, you have now become part of their daily routine. You've now become part of their morning. Just like me getting up and brushing my teeth, I'm going to grab my headphones and I'm going to put on your show because your show is what I look for. But if you don't put out that content, if I go on every single time and it's a reoccurring stuff and I'm not going to pay attention anymore, you've lost that opportunity. So I think for creators, whether you're a restaurant that's not currently active, whether you're a gym that decided to shut down, whether you're just an influencer trying to make a name, or whether you're just someone that had an idea and want to start today, like you have no better time now than to be part of their daily habit by communicating and putting out content for them. Uh, I think that is huge. I think you, know, you killed that. Um, I think like just, I, I'm, I'm lost for words. I don't know what to, how to, I don't know what to go, how to say, what to say next. I'm actually stop, stumped because I think like it's just, it's so, it sounds so obvious. Like, I want to say it is obvious. It's just that people don't do it. And when you were talking about that challenge, so I actually, I'm like, how can I, uh, do a challenge and also get my audience involved. So I created a 30 day challenge and it, you can't really see it. I'll send this to you. Yeah. Basically it's a 30 day challenge and it's like things that I should be, I have more time to do. So I was like, every day I'm going to do a 30 minute workout. And part of that 30 minute workout is, you know, I walk my dog for 20 minutes. So that's my walk. And then I'll come in, lift a couple of weights, whatever it is. Uh, two liters of water, read 10 pages of a book, consume one podcast. And then I also put down one post on social media. Um, and then the last thing I put was like, take a progress pic because I, I love documenting things. So like just doing progress and just progress pics obviously show that things work. Like you realize sometimes you're like, Oh, I don't feel like I lost weight. And then you look at the first picture and the 30th picture and you're like, Holy shit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And there were small things like no alcohol, no fast food. And if you fail, you start restart at day one. So you have to do 30 days in a row. I got this idea from Andy Frisella. I don't know if you've heard of him or I'm, I hope you have, but um, he did this thing, but he calls it the 75 hard. His thing was like extremely hard where I was like, yo, I can't do this right now. But I'm like, let me start smaller. Let me create something that I can also challenge my audience and see if they can do it as well. So this is something that's launching on Monday, but it's like, it's just a way to stay um, accountable and then also get a community involvement in this. So I think a lot of the stuff like, like you were just saying about just get doing things right now is a huge thing. And it's uh it definitely is a weird time but i think that being accountable staying efficient being productive is what's going to get us through this right so yeah absolutely like i'm opening up um your social media so mr social eats account 11.3 thousand right 11.3 thousand followers i truly think if your followers are paying attention to this video that there should be 11,300 new shows coming out tomorrow 
And I, the shows, I mean, like, could be anything. The shows could be like, hey, guys, I'm going on Instagram Live every single day to talk a little bit about my expertise. Or, hey, guys, I'm going to go on Instagram Live and interview a friend of mine every single day for the next while. Hey, guys, I'm going to go on Zoom and I'm going to do a mastermind group. If you want to join, come on in. Hey, guys, I'm doing a webinar. If you want information, I'm giving away free information. Here is free videos of me giving you expertise. I think 11,300 people tomorrow should be starting a new show, and that allows you to win over share of mind for a lot of people. People are right now looking for content and entertainment, right? My encouragement is to be that person providing that. And I love your, your chart of giving them step-by-step step because you're investing in their best being, right? Like you're investing in them becoming healthier, becoming more active, even things like building their brand of who they are. And the great thing about building your brand is that you can still build your brand today and then monetize another day. Like you don't have to come up with a sales strategy right now. Just build a brand around your expertise. And I think a lot of people can do that by creating these shows, the mini sitcoms of who you are, whether it's through Instagram stories, whether it's through YouTube, whether it's through day-to-day -day posting that you do on Facebook and LinkedIn. There's just so many mediums that it doesn't matter what you're comfortable with. You can own that space. You just got to be more active and put some value out there. Absolutely. Any, like what you said, anything you do. So, and I, I notice a lot of people, and, and this is this what happens with so many people is they take that time for granted. So for instance, a lot, like I was on some Zoom calls yesterday with some friends and things like that. And we were just discussing my family, cousins, whatever. And a lot of them are like talking about all the movies they watch and how much more Netflix they're consuming and whatever that is. And I was like, I'm like, yo, like after this time, you're going to go back and be like, wow, I had one month to do whatever the hell I wanted to do. I had one month to work on starting my podcast that I said I would one month to get into shape at home. And a lot of people are like, oh, like one of my cousins, I, he always says like, oh, I got no time to work out. Like I work full time. Then I have to study for this after. And I'm like, now you have literally every hour go do 10 pushups just start moving do you know what i'm trying to say so like and what i was saying was taking this stuff for granted is like like people are watching netflix people are doing all this stuff and they're gonna just come back like after this is done they're gonna be like man i messed up so i hope that anyone listening to this right now actually thinks about what we just said and really applies that to what they're doing i seen this girl on tiktok and i, I thought it was so funny at first i was like I'm like, this is whatever. And then I realized what she was doing is, so she was watching a lot of Netflix. So she started documenting her Netflix movies. So she was like, hey guys, so today I watched this movie and it's all about this. And if you're really looking for a thriller with suspense and this is this, this is the movie for you to watch. And so I went through her account and she did that for every video, every movie. Every so, and like, and you, know, you know what's going to happen is somewhere down the road, a movie is going to want to promote themselves through social media and they're going to see her as an influencer they're going to say hey we're going to pay you to review our movie you get to watch it before anyone else and we're going to send you a check to get some viewership up there and all you need to do is do what you do best and she probably doesn't even realize she's going to do that right she probably did it because that's her passion and that's what she's trying to do yeah and it was it's just it's essentially she's become a digital movie critic and the and i always think long term it's so funny sometimes i like and I have a, I think this is a blessing and a curse because sometimes a friend will give me a business idea and then I'm like, yo, you know what you can do in the next 10 years? Like, this is where you can build this. And they're like, hey man, I just started. Like, let me just start with one. And, but like, same thing with this girl. Like, I was like, wow, like she could, what you just said, it's become an influencer 
for movies and new movies will come out instead of getting celebrities to endorse it get her to endorse it and now she's built that status to another level so that's just one case study there's so many things that you yeah. can do. like whether it's your twitch for instance twitch blew up because people were documenting them playing games people enjoyed yeah. watching it because it was a fun thing and now imagine and i don't know if people do this but just basically just break i guess they do there's a probably breakdowns of video games and all this stuff like that so like there's huge potential just to do what if you enjoy watching movies document that Talk yeah. about movies, write a blog post about it like there's anything you do you can create content out of like sleeping and just talk about how to get the best sleep if you enjoy sleeping like for instance my sister my sister sometimes disappears for like 12 hours or like hey are you alive like and she just enjoys to sleep sometimes she'll turn off all the lights all the electronics goes to bed and i'm like for instance something so simple as sleeping blog about that write about the best sleeping techniques or write about your dreams or just something cool to spin it off and i think yeah, this is the perfect time to do that because we have so much time right now anyone that says i saw someone post this and it was actually pretty funny i laughed and um again perspective on what it is but it said anyone that says they're busy right now is lying and that's because yeah. like yo there's so like even with me i was booking i was in my calendar i'm a scheduled guy so i have every hour of the day like before covid19 every hour of the day i had something like i'm like okay call with this person work on this uh meeting with this work here whatever i was filling up my schedule to put you in here for this 11 o'clock and i had a small panic attack because i was like Yo, I have nothing planned for the next week. I'm like, holy shit. And like, and then I was like, okay, let's put down work, edit podcast series, write that. And I, I built it according to what I could do right now. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. No, you, man, you mentioned so many good things there. Um, I, I think there are so many, so many case studies that we can pull out of opportunities that came in as a result of building your brand, right? Like, like my, my story, a lot of my success has come down to the fact that I started and then somewhere along the way it spiked. But for the people that are viewing, I don't want to push the success and the goal and what everyone did as the, as the case study, because I don't want people to do it for the fame. I don't want people to do it for the influence because if they do that and they don't see the success um, right away, they're going to want to quit. So I think it's just as important to talk about um, putting in playing the long-term game and having patience and building going forward because it takes time to grow. And like my podcast show, like I'm at 118 episodes and my, my show had maybe two or three listeners for the first 30 episodes, like almost no listeners where I think out of those like two or three listeners, two of them were probably like my closest friends that were doing it out of sympathy because they felt so bad that no one else was listening to my show. So like it didn't take off. And then after 30 episodes, it just started skyrocketing because out of 30 episodes, there's 30 opportunities for me to like go viral or do something big or get someone's attention to explode. And then the, then it started exploding. So think about 30 episodes that it takes. And what I talk a lot about is not worrying about that number, not how many subscribers you're trying to get, how much money you're trying to get, um, what date you're going to be big by. Forget all that. All I want to encourage in this month or two that we go into of madness is the concept of doing it for the first time. Like I think that when you do it for the first time, you then realize that, hey, this isn't as hard as I thought and I can do it more. Um, I think about workouts, like the workouts, when you first walk into the gym, it can be intimidating. You see a lot of equipment, you see a lot of jack people, you see a lot of people doing things that you don't think you can do. 
And now like you can go in and do squats, you can do bench press, you can do weights that you never thought you could do because you allowed yourself mentally to elevate and discover that your potential is much bigger than it should be. So doing it for the first time is a big deal where like when I wrote the book, I sat down and I typed on my computer for the first time. When I recorded a podcast, I hit record for the first time. You know, when I started public speaking, I got on the stage for the first time. And when you start doing that, you start building that habit that you can do it over and over again. But I think that first step is cannonballing into the pool, like jumping into the pool because you have that fear, man, the water is cold. I don't want to do it. I'm going to, I like, it's, it's not going to be a fun feeling. And then when you cannonball in there, you get so comfortable that you can come out of the pool and you can cannonball 20 times in a row. Like you don't care anymore. That first one needs to get out of the way. So the first time is what I want to encourage everyone to do where try to figure out what you're good at, but put out your first blog article, record your first podcast show, record your first video, do your first Instagram story, do your first Instagram live, do all these things to figure out what you're comfortable with, what you enjoy. And then all you got to do going forward is do it a second time, do it a third time, do it a fourth time and let that momentum build for you. Don't worry about the end result. That end result will come. And more importantly, it won't come at the same time as mine did or Mr. Social Eats did. Everyone has their own deadline. Your deadline is different. So just work on that momentum. So more than anything else, that 11,300 people we were talking about, my encouragement is to at least start that show for the first time and then see where you can go with it and pivot as you go. Um, just to summarize that, uh, I, went, I saw this quote and it said, no one's first was good. And apply that to everything. You're, let's yeah. say, losing your virginity, um, mm -hmm. starting a business, start putting out your first blog post, your podcast, whatever situation the listener is in right now, no one's first was good. Like there was not, like looking back, like you said, your first episode on your podcast, you probably look at it now and you're like, that's cringeworthy. Like even my first post on my Instagram pages, for instance, it's like, I look at it and I'm like, holy, or like, the first year we started this um, social media business, I look at some of the client work we did and I'm like, what the hell? Yeah. I'm like, yeah. I, I'm like I can't believe they paid me for this in my head. Like that's yeah. what I'm trying to say. And like, absolutely. A candy box does websites. And like, I look at websites that I did my first year in candy box. And I, I actually went as far as removing the signature at the bottom that said it was created by candy box. Cause I was so embarrassed that someone would find it and tie it back to me. So I'm with you, man. Like you elevate, you get better. You're going to suck before you get better. Like that's the fact in anything that you do, every single person, LeBron James sucked at basketball be before he became a legend. Yeah. And it's, it takes time to get better and practice and consistency. And that's what he has over others. When I think of someone else, someone like you and me right now, there is no different from our setup right now. And Jimmy Fallon's setup, no difference. And he's a multi-billion dollar show. And there's no difference between the setup that you have and, and he has. The only difference is the following that he's built over the years that ends up getting him more viewers. Mm -hmm. You could put out better content and build your community over time where there's a lot of opportunity to get that same value. But keep in mind, when it comes to being professional and execution, you have everything that you need to execute just like Jimmy Fallon is executing today. It just takes time like he put in. 100%. Um, yeah, like it's... It's something that I think people, it's just self-judgment. A lot of people are just scared to post or scared to, of what other people think. And I think, like you said, I, I love how the example you use about just cannonballing into it. Jump into it. Ex like, take that chance. Take that risk. And like like I said, this is the best time. Like, you're, if you're not focusing, like, I know a lot of people now, now that have suffered from COVID-19 uh, with, like, income, things like that. Like, 
instead of them just sitting there and thinking like, holy, like, what do I do? EI, blah, blah, blah. Like start something, document it. Um, something that I've told myself I'm going to start doing now is learning new things. So like, um, like right now, like I, I'm just searching things, like things I would never search. I have a, I don't know if you can see it, but there's like stickies, like little notepads. Yeah, out there. And those are all things that I want to learn during this time. So I wrote down basically the word or the two, like the sentence that I want to learn, whatever it is. And just basically like learn more about that i i used to play chess a lot growing up with my dad and that was one thing that it was like a father-son bonding time where it was like i want to play chess and i could never beat him and it's so funny so we played we since we started we played four games we play one game a day mostly and he's beat me all four days now so it's like it's it's going back to those childhood days where i'm like yo man like so like and now I'm, I'm actually documenting. I slowly started posting stuff in my stories about it, but I'm going to document like my little rise to glory in the chess world. Like, and just something, it's a more of a personal thing, but there are people that actually contact me saying like, yo, didn't know you play chess, like blah, 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 talking about stuff that they've done in the chess world, for instance. But Amazing. learning things is the best thing to do right now and document it. Why not? Document it, whoever, because I saw this guy post, and I'm going to, I always go on TikTok because I always bring back TikTok because I'm, I'm consuming so much on TikTok right now. A guy played a, a song that he wrote. So he's like, he, he was new into the music world. He was like, I love music. I want to create music. So he played us a song that he created six months ago. And every month he played a new song. And the, the song from month one to song from month six was like ridiculous. Like the guy released the six month song. I think he got an artist to sing over it, but like just progress, right? And learning new things, documenting. And he documented the whole thing. So he was, his TikTok was based around his growth from month one till now. And like, that's all his TikTok content is about. So just building off that. Um, innovation is what it is like become become innovative in in your area so like like i said for me i'm not cooking is not innovative like because it's something that's already there but i've taken from my my main audience my main content is highlighting restaurants i can't do that now the innovative side is i'm creating my own stuff and i actually created so at first i was just doing the process of cooking at home meals but I was like, yo, I have all the equipment. I have all the studio lights. I'm like, let me take actual professional photos of the dishes that I made. So now more content now. It's, and it was so crazy. I posted, I didn't post it yet, but I sent it in my family group chat. Of, I made some steak last night with some carrots and mashed potato. And I put it down into my studio setup. I actually set up a basement studio part, like area with lights and stuff just to do some product shoots of companies. So I've reached out to a lot of companies. I was like, hey, like send me your product. I'll do a free shoot for you. And like, some hot sauce company just sent me 12, uh, 24 bottles of their hot sauce. I'm like, oh shit. Like, so small things like that. But I took my food downstairs. I took a picture of it. I sent it in my group chat. And my parents were like, holy, like when COVID's over, we got to go here. And I was like, yo, that's our dinner tonight. Like, we just <laughs> ate food. Like, what are you talking about? And you, you, just, you just got them a conversion. You see that? Like, your family is now down to check them out, which is really cool. Like, what restaurant? Like, we need to go there once. And I'm like, yo, we ate this tonight. I'm like, I just, because I just, became innovative I, I created what I was doing with something and like with the restaurants I've created it at home now it's just just ways to do that I saw this thing I wanted to mention this I wrote yeah this. um so there was a 17 year old boy I don't know if you saw this online at all he he learned coding himself and he created a coronavirus website where he did live updates of all the stuff that are happening and he basically just took information from all these other platforms and put it there and he was sharing like social media coronavirus stuff he was searching 
he was um, highlighting like everything to do with coronavirus, like up to the cases, people that have died, um, health tips, all this stuff. And the, the genius part about this, like how to make money now, he put up a little button at the top that said, that said, buy me a coffee. And you click it and obviously you put your credit card information in and it's a $3 donation. And if you look, I'll send you the, the website after so you can take a look at yourself. But this guy made hundreds of thousands of dollars. Like I, they didn't say a number, but like I was just looking and was just kept going. Like I was scrolling through every donation was $3 and there was like thousands and like, I want to say like, hundreds of thousands of donations to him so like just being innovative in your field wow so and he's 17 years old can you imagine that yeah it's, yeah no that's over like that's insane i love yeah i'm just thinking yeah i love stories like that man it's it's truly like you have confidence in your value that you're asking people to donate money and they're donating like it's it's crazy like your your content is so good that they're supporting you and i'm sure like him being younger as someone that learned to code and put that stuff out there probably had more clout in terms of why people wanted to donate, but it's so crazy that they're willing to do that. Um, like artists are well known to do a lot of that right now too, right? Like the weekend before his career ever took off, he produced three mixtapes and he put the mixtapes out on his own site and he said, download it for free, but here's a donate money. Here's a donate button. If you want to um, donate some money based on how good the album is. Mm -hmm. And he said, Hey, I want you to donate what you think this album is worth. It's up to you guys. And he, his career took off as a result of giving out these free music and free content out there. So creating value and then not creating value for the sake of monetization, creating value because of your passion, right? The weekend created those mixtapes because he loves to create music. This kid made this website because he loves to code and he had a great concept. The monetization can come after just build on your passion and it goes a long way. Um, something I wanted to dive into with you because I want your take on this just as much as my take is um, we talk a lot about DMs, right? We talk about direct message, just like you got uh, shipments of hot sauce based on a message that you sent out, right? And based on the fact that I'm talking about the 90-10 where 90% of your time should be spent on um, putting out, sending out direct messages rather than content. Are you about to bust up the hot sauce? I feel like you are. <laughs> I'm going to show you something after, but continue. All right. All right, cool. So we talk a lot about how direct messages are important and that there's no better time to reach out to people. What I don't think a lot of people talk about is what do those messages look like that becomes effective? Like we talk about, um, you know, when you're going in there, don't spam them. And I think a lot of people get that now. Um, when you're sliding into DMs, you probably don't want to put like a winky face or else you will be classified as the, as the creep, um, depending on who you're winking to. So that may not work as well. So when you're sending direct messages to these people, for the, the fact that you're sending them the message probably for the first time, they don't know who you are, they're maybe reading the message. What is it that you write in your messages that's getting you these responses and the attention back? So for myself, let's just say Mr. Social Lead. So um, it depends on the target I'm going. So I want to tell you one that I actually just did. So I got stuff from Tabasco. Um, they sent me like little lollipop, chocolate, little bottle of hot sauce. They sent me a pop socket and they also sent me a $200 Cineplex gift card. So and the fact that they haven't sponsored this show yet bothers me. Can you please well, send them another I'm message? I'm working on, uh, I was thinking, I was like, you know what? I'm like, I'm like, let me pump out these episodes first. Once I have a good segment, I'm like, I'm going on because I built relationships with all of them. But for instance, for Tabasco, what I did, and it was just so, I don't think it's innovative. I just, I went to their Instagram page and I was like, hey, like I looked at their pictures and I was like, 
I, I picked up three things that they could do better, right? And I commented on, uh, to get their attention, I comment on a bunch of, like, not spam them, but I liked, like, the last six photos. Commented saying, holy, like, I would love to try, use this hot sauce in my next recipe, like, whatever it is. And I said some stuff like that. They messaged me, and they were like, hey, we love your account. Are you interested in a collaboration with us? So that was my intent. I knew that we were going to do something like that. So they messaged me, and then they were like, we noticed you made a post about a Caesar recently. I don't like Caesars, to be honest. Like, I didn't. When I posted that Caesar, it was just because it was so nicely done. I'm not saying I don't like Caesars. I, it's an acquired taste. And for me, like it, I can take a sip and I'm like, okay, I'm good. Like I enjoyed that one sip, but I don't want more. Right. Yeah. Um, so they came up with a new Caesar for at, uh, at Cineplex, the VIP movies. They, so they, what they did was they sent me a $200 gift card and they were like, we want you to go to the movies and we want you to try our Caesar and just enjoy a movie on us. So I was like, let's do this you know so um but going into the, the the dm part it's like just adding that value so like for them i was like hey like if you send me your product i will incorporate it in my recipes that i and that i cook i'll build a sauce around the tabasco brand um i will take some product shoots for you i'll just create content that you could use for your profile i'm a creator right but um going into like just like a basic person anyone listening to this how to get involved with brands and things like that is you have to add some sort of value to them why do they want to work with you so whether that is hey i have a great following or hey like i do this cooking show or i i like we're starting a new challenge we're looking for a sponsor it's a cool concept here this is what we're doing and same thing with this with this thing imagine getting zoom to sponsor this mini series like I'm, I'm sure people have done zoom podcasts before whatever it is but imagine if they didn't and i went to zoom and i'm like hey we're starting a new series would you like to sponsor this thing and like you just have to i think people are scared to ask because they're like oh these companies like who would have thought like if i started this two years ago and you, i told you told me that i was going to be working with tabasco one day i would be like yeah no way like they're the awesome the best hot sauce ever no way and now yeah. this are in my yeah. and con talking to me about how we can work together so i think just once you not even once you have a platform like once you have some sort of skill that you can trade off whether that is creating content a strategy like a marketing strategy whatever it is that you are good at uh learn how to involve it with that brand so same thing that we were saying about people don't know how to create content during this time and i've just taken my audience and i built a uh i built something that my audience would want to see but during these times so same thing with working with brands like add your touch to it, add, understand their brand and how you can create content for them or how you could just really build, add to their brand essentially. So, um, with that hot sauce company that, uh, the other, this is one of the hot sauces that I actually sent uh, like this, I created some uh, stuff for Tabasco and I sent it to this other place and I was like, Hey, this is what I did for Tabasco. So right away they were like, this guy worked with Tabasco. Like yeah. what can, like, and I told him, I told this guy, I'm like, yo, I don't want money. All I want is some of your product send it to me, send me the ingredients that come into the product so I can do a cool shoot with the product, like the final product and all the stuff that we created, like you used to create it. So he sent me 24 bottles of hot sauce. He also sent me a container of mushrooms, peppers, all this stuff. Like, and it was just funny because my dad's like, can we cook with this? And I was like, wait until I finish using it. And yeah. whatever. so I think just building those relationships. And like I said, I, how I started was, I, I commented on a couple stuff and I said like, Hey, you should try using your hot sauce in like Tabasco. I was like, you should try using your hot sauce in 
a video if you're or like collaborations and it just sparked ideas that they didn't know so yeah really, wow bring it as just a way to add value and you've, you've said this countless times add value add value add value is putting your twist on it and just figuring out something no one's perfect right and I could tell like you I could go through my Instagram right now and tell you things that I'm not doing or someone can come and be like you should do this instead I'm like wow like that's a good gem and like that's how I would build that relationship if someone dm me tomorrow and was like hey I noticed that you do this you should try doing this instead this will help with engagement this will help with reach I don't care if they have 10 followers or they have 10,000 followers they just provided me value and now I want to build a relationship with them because they're I'm not saying they're worth something to me but they've added value to my life yeah. they helped me become yeah. so like wow. I said you don't have to have following you don't have to have anything just adding your touch or noticing something that is missing is what you need yeah. to do bro that that answer was so much far better than I thought you'd be giving me, right? Like I thought you'd be giving me generic type advice, but the fact that you brought out two real scenarios with the Tabasco sauce and the other hot sauce with what you did, I think it's so much, so valuable to for anyone that's listening. So like, let me just recap what I think I heard. Okay. So first, first of all, it's all in the pitch, right? Like what you're suggest, what you're writing to them is um, very important where you're not coming in with like a want approach. Like you're not going in for the kill. You're not saying like, yo, hook me up with free hot sauce. You're going in and saying, here's things that we could do with it. Here's some valuable advice. Here's some things I'd like to do with it. And they saw enough value there. So you're right. In that sense, the pitch matters more than anything else. And you don't necessarily need a lot of followers to do that. Where I think it helped you as Mr. Social Eats is the fact that you have a lot more clout than your average person, right? Yeah. You have the followers. You have the credibility. And as you said, what I love that you did is you built a case study with Tabasco that you could now go to another hot sauce or any food company because everyone knows Tabasco. Um, you go to any food company and you say, yo, here's what I did for Tabasco. Can I do something like that for you? And you have the credibility. So what's important to note is the pitch is very important. And then as you start getting opportunities, do what Mr. Social Eats did, which is build those past opportunities as case studies to get your next opportunities. It only gets easier. Yeah. And this goes back to what we were talking about at the beginning where building a community matters, where if you have a great following in the background, you have expertise that you shared on the content, you have case studies of success stories, it gets easier to reach out to brands and other stuff. In fact, it's come to a point now where, I know this also applies for you, but a lot of brands are reaching out to us. They're actually, a lot of these companies like Tabasco and many other companies has an outreach team. And yeah. their job is to reach out to influencers and see if they can collaborate with them. And I'm sure that's happening a lot for you too. Well, so a big thing now that is working for content is user generated content. So people have, or companies, a lot of them have stopped using celebrity endorsements and now use digital brand ambassadors. And why? Because one, they're so much cheaper. Like influencer marketing is so, is so underrated and, again, a lot of these influencers, and I want to say like 10,000 below. And I know people like I was charging money before I was at that 10,000 mark. And it's just the about the, the, the amount of value and awareness and reach you have on your platforms. But um, a lot of big companies now are reaching out to influencers because it costs way less than hiring a, uh, like a celebrity to talk about your product. And now you're getting content that's created like user generated content. So like, you don't like, I know you mentioned that at 
it was so much easier because I had a following, I had a platform, but even if you don't have a platform, you can still pitch, like your pitch would be like, I will create you content of me and my friends eating your hot sauce, whether it's a hot sauce challenge or incorporating in your meal or just taking a picture of literally you holding your lollipop and like whatever it is, like add your touch to the product basically. I love that. Yeah. I love that because that's all user generated content and it performs better than that high, like, like I'm not saying it performs better than high quality content, but it performs as good now. Like a lot of people focus on that high quality content, that amazing lighting, the perfect audio, the perfect um, ambiance and like aesthetics to the shot. But now user generated content is working so much better. And that's why a lot of influencers are working with more brands and they're doing more with companies because companies understand the value of influencer marketing. And that's where I think these trends are going to go towards. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I I think a, a key factor is alignment, right? Like a lot of these companies are like, does this person's brand align with what we want our brand to be, right? Like if, because Mr. Social Eats is a well-respected, um, like a perspective on all things food in the greater Toronto area, they saw value in like, hey, we want to make sure that he's the one speaking about it, where someone that maybe hasn't built out a brand of some kind, and you're right, where it's not as much on the followers, but it's on who you're representing yourself to be on social media. If you don't have anything or you have a photo of you and your idiot friend jumping off a ledge in your, in your cottage into the pool, they're probably not going to want to hook you up with their food or their brand because they don't want you to ruin their brand image. So um, it does matter of how you build the branding and the messaging that you want to get across. I wrote a book called Project Reinvention. I speak a lot about reinventing yourself. I even have uh, a wooden frame back here that has said reinvent yourself. Like that's kind of my thing that someone made for me, which was awesome. And I keep that in my wall. Um, but now any company that puts out anything about the conversation of reinvention is now someone that wants to work with me. There was one time where, um, you know, Sears is a, is a company that stuck around for a while and then they shut down the doors. But before they shut down the doors, they were doing a campaign called reinvention in process because they were about to rebrand themselves. And I had an, I had a potential conversation with them that didn't just end up happening because of the office is closing, but they actually found out that reinvention was a, a brand that I'm well associated with. And they wanted me to be participant of the brand conversation that they were having. So it was a door that opened up just as a result of the fact that it's something I was talking about. And if we had to list out the few factors, so one of them is the messaging, the copy that you're writing for the individual that you're reaching out to. One of them is in parallel, while writing your content over and over and sending out DMs, you're building your brand with content that you're putting out. And then in parallel, you're also building up your following to kind of build credibility. And as these two go up, it becomes easier to get responses. But just because these two aren't up at the beginning doesn't mean you're not getting responses. And that's where you came in, where like ideas speak volume. If you have a good idea for what we could do with your branding, we could help. And I find myself doing that a lot. Um, the other thing I wanted to also mention is the, um, the fear of the ask. I think a lot of people are scared to ask. And I don't just mean ask as in like, hey, let me ask a company for sponsorship. I just mean ask for introductions. Like even you, like you reached out to me um, to introduce you to a, someone that does event planning and host it networking events, right? Just to speak at their event. And I introduced the two of you with no hesitation because I know you well. So as you build relationships with the others, don't hesitate to ask for introductions with other people. I think as a community, 
you'd be surprised by how many people are opening doors for you. Um, I have someone else that's doing a, a podcast show on um, introverts and he asked me to connect him with a few well-known introverts that I connect with and I introduced them to two people. Um, I have no problem doing that. And I know there's many people in my community that don't have a problem doing that. So I encourage you to not be afraid to ask for introductions, especially if you know the person, there's nothing wrong with asking for to connect them. And for someone like myself, that's connecting people. It's as easy as just opening up my DMS, having a three-way chat, bringing you, bringing the other person, sending one grand note and then exiting. I'm out. I bounce, you know, and let the conversation flow. And if, if you're doing that, the community is doing that for you as well. You open doors for others, they're going to open the doors back for you. And the amount of opportunities that I got simply out of introducing people to each other and them feeling the need to introduce me back to someone else, you'd be amazed with how many doors have opened up just as a result of me trying to become a connector. And I think becoming a connector has so much value in the industry that people underestimate. I think what you were saying about asking, don't be afraid to ask, Gary Vee says it best, I think it's value, 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 ask. And the more you provide value to someone, the easier the ask will be. So I see a lot of people selling things online and join our team and build, uh, let's build an empire together and things like that. And that, those uh, essentially like multi-level marketing companies or like things like that, um, building a brand, telling a story, building your personal brand, telling that story and just providing value to people Asking is so easy at that point because now as a consumer, as someone, as a, like a prospect, I'm thinking like, wow, this guy has given me so much knowledge on this, 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 added so much value. Now he's asking for something so small. I'm going to say yes. And, and that's like, even with your connections in the community, like if I'm adding value to your life, whatever it is, however I may, may add value to your life. Now, when I ask you something, your first thought is, yeah, how can I help you? Like, what can I do? for to help you succeed or whatever it is yeah and building those yeah. relationships are huge i think the community like relying on your community is a big thing but also contributing as well not just being that guy who just asks yeah all the time, yeah but also adding your input so like something that alif taught me was um and this is like when i told you him adding value to my life is he teaches me some networking skills and you see the stuff he does he posts i know you follow a lot of his stuff is that he teaches me how to network so like i go into like um, digital marketing groups on Facebook and LinkedIn now and I add my input in there and I'm talking to people and and now like I messaged a couple of people I'm like hey do you know anyone hiring and I also do that to you I was like do you know anyone that's hiring now please let me know if and anything whatever it is and I think just those asks are easier when you've added value into people's lives and just yeah yeah it's it, if you think about it like it's not even it's, it doesn't even need to be a barter right like a lot of people see it as a barter like hey I give you something you give me something back I just think of it as friends like you and I are friends. And as a result of that, I want to help my friends. Like I think about who my friends are and anything I could do to supply, to yeah. allow them to elevate their game. I'm going to do it. Like you and I have helped each other out with so many stuff behind the scenes that we can't even talk about in this podcast, right? Like nominations and, and uh, introductions and all these other things that we've done with each other. And we've done that nonstop and neither of us have been keeping score. Like, I don't know about you, but I've never once said, Hey, like, he's been giving me a lot and I, I, I owe him a lot or vice versa. Like I just say like, you know, if, if he needs anything and I can provide, I'm going to provide it. And I think w the beauty of communities is if someone's shady and they're coming in for the sake of just taking and not giving, they don't last. Like the beauty of communities is it finds a way to eliminate and spiral them out of the circle. And it's something that happens all the time. So if you keep a tight knit community, that's always contributing, 
man, the levels that you can all elevate as a group, I think it's severely underrated. I was, when I was saying that, I was just thinking of like, um, reaching out to someone that you don't know, for instance, like, again, if someone, I'm not saying I would like, for me, like, I love helping people. I love working with people. Even like I told you, someone met me yesterday three in the morning and asked me to send them the videos of you speaking on my, on my Instagram story. And then at three in the morning, we were having a conversation. I'm like, Hey, I'd love to know, like, why, like, what was the purpose? And she's like, Oh, I actually recorded uh, the first part and I sent it to some of my friends and my friends were asking. So like just adding value, I'm, I'm here to help people. Right. But there's also a lot of people out there that are like, Hey, like you're not offering value to me. Like these are like when you don't have a relationship, like the situation you gave is when you built or not built, but like started a relationship with someone. There's a lot of people that might misunderstand it and message someone who they don't know at all. And they're like, Hey, can I, can you introduce me to this person? And the guy's like, why would I introduce you? when I don't know you, I don't know anything about you. You know, you just came here and asked me something. So my, yeah. answer, my answer was just directed towards people yeah. that have a relationship. Yeah, it's such a good point, man. And on LinkedIn, it happens all the time, right? Like the amount of time that LinkedIn people reach out and saying, hey, can you introduce me to this other person? And sometimes you don't know either one of the people, right? Like you're just connected to both on LinkedIn. You're like, I don't know who you are and I don't know who you want me to introduce you to. So it's not going to happen. And you're right. Like if you're not going to get to a point where you build a relationship with them, you're not going to get to the end point, right? Like I think of the four steps. I think about like content is the first step, but content is only put out there to start a conversation. You're not putting content out there to get to the end goal. So content starts the conversation. The conversation creates a relationship and relationship gets your end goal, which is sometimes revenue. Sometimes it's networking. Sometimes it's speaking at an event, whatever it is. So it's content, conversation, relationship, revenue. And if you're not going to, some people are trying to bypass that. They're saying, if I put out content, I'm going to get the revenue. Or if I start a conversation, that's enough for me to get the revenue. You have to have the relationship piece. And if you don't have that piece, you're not going to get to the end point. And the relationship, once you get there, more often than not, you find the revenue coming tenfold because you're not just getting the opportunities from that one person, you're getting an opportunity from their network and it grows into something bigger than you thought it would be. A lot of the things that I've done and the achievements and the things that I'm extremely proud of in my life, I never planned for those things to happen. I plan to do what I love every day as a marketer. I plan to share my story because I love sharing stories and, and engaging with others and everything else just fell in place. Everything else just fell in place out of me just loving to market what I love to talk about. And that became the reason why a podcast show happened one day and a book came out one day. I never planned for those to happen. It's just something that evolved based on the initial idea and following your passion. And that's something that I hope that a lot of people keep doing. That's huge. I think, I think we've dropped so much value into this podcast alone that I'm, I, I, I'm not putting you on the spot because if you can't totally understand, but I would love to do another episode with you because I think that if we put too much value into this one thing, they're just going to go over their heads. And I think they need to consume this, apply it. And then maybe like a week or two from now, we'll go back and be like, for the listeners that listen to one and now two, what have you done? What can you take from the, that last? What did you take from that last one and move forward? So I love that, bro. I got to get you on my podcast show to keep talking a little bit more about this. Maybe we can even do a part two that ends up on that one, because I'd love for my viewers to hear from your perspective. Cause you, you know, whether, even though you're the host, you've been playing such a good, um, 
on you've been playing great on both sides like you've been speaking as a host but you've also been adding value to the topic at hand and i think that's super good and um, my favorite thing is like we literally got on here and hit record without an agenda like i have things that i'm sharing today are not things that i ever talk about in public speaking i'm literally being thoughtful about things that you're sharing and and um, I'm kind of sharing my perspective as I'm thinking out loud, like even the things that we're talking about in terms of human behavior and how it's changing, that's a first for me. And I love that that evolved out of what we just started talking about here. And that was the funnest part of the show. Every part of this conversation, we could have gotten into more depth about. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe we'll do another mini series of just breaking down this podcast. Absolutely. Um, with what you were saying about there's no guidelines, like I come into this with a set of questions and I didn't even get to ask you any of the questions because like I kind of did, but like it just, the conversation took to went to places where I'm amazed. So, but just a final thought, um, I wanted to ask you, so, and this is more back to the whole COVID-19 thing. So if you knew coronavirus was coming, how would you prepare for it? Or what would you do to offset some of the challenges you're now facing? Um, yeah, what a fire question. Um, I think if I knew that it was coming, I would plan ahead by already having ideas for our clients. I think the reason that a lot of businesses are going ahead um, or going under and going out of business are because they haven't planned in how to hold on to those clients. It actually saddens me that there are, there are marketing agencies right now, no lie, that have been around in business for twice as long as we have and have more than 10 times the employees that we have. So we're talking like 150 to 200 employees and they went under and it's only the COVID's only been happening for two weeks. Like what happens if it goes on for two months? How many more other mega pythons that are in business right now are we going to see go under business? And it terrifies me to think about it. And the reason that we've been able to sustain is because we have already planned ahead where we have created um, monthly reoccurring revenue. So retainers with clients, things that we can do with them on a regular basis. A lot of these businesses right now, they strive on one and done. Like you do work with us one and you pay for us once and you're done. And then they got to move on to getting a new sale. It's easier to do business with existing clients than it is to get a new client. It's cheaper, it's more efficient, and it's more long lasting. And my encouragement is rather than trying to get the next sale, next customer, the next outreach, focus on the clients that you already have. Spend some time picking up the phone and number one, be empathetic. They're going through a hard time. A lot of them are struggling right now and they want to hear from you to at least know that you care. So spend some time on the phone with them to understand their situation. And then number two, provide them with solutions. Like provide them with solutions that are not out of the box. Some people like, like we have websites, we have videos, we have advertising, we have social media, we have content, we have blogging, we have all the stuff that we offer. But that doesn't mean that's all we're going to offer if you're going through a different situation. So yeah. when we get on the phone with these clients, we say, okay, you're in a different situation. Maybe we need to go down a press release path. Maybe we need to do a video series with the CEO talking about challenging times and how to get out of it. Maybe we need to talk about precautionary steps. And the fact that we're uh, versatile, where we can adjust, like where we can be a chameleon and uh, adapt to the environment, that allows our business to survive with reoccurring clients where other businesses, because they're only providing out of the box, it's tough for them to provide that. Like if I can't offer these six services to you, you're no longer a customer. I think that's a very bad mindset to have. So the way that we prepare for it and the way that I would prepare for it if I knew it was happening is I would create strategies and be more flexible. Know that, hey, if a client 
Um, if a client is unable to meet today, it's okay. Don't try to reschedule them. Try to be empathetic and understand their situation. And I think it's important to be adjustable. And that's how I would roll. And I'm proud to say that's what we've been doing even before coming into this. Amazing. Amazing. I think like that, that's amazing. What I noticed, and you said something, which I think is a huge eye opener for a lot of people is that they focus on the next sale. They focus on the newest client. Um, and something, the strategy that I went and same thing that candy box does is instead of focusing on the reach, you focus on that awareness. So the following you have, like the clients you have focus on building relationships, building that brand with them instead of focusing on going sideways and picking up new clients you focus on building with that one client i think that is a big thing especially like for instance photographers photographers are like hurting right now why because they focus on going building sideways and meeting as many people as they can and doing as many jobs instead of picking up clients and building stuff with them throughout the months right so i think that is a big takeaway on something that um you could prepare for and for moving forward is just, Hey, like this is a strategic way to do things and build on your clients. And I think that is a great way to end this. Um, is there anything you want to tell our listeners before we leave? Um, anything you're up to right now, some cool things that you might start, um, the floor is yours, brag about yourself, do what you need to do. Hey man, I appreciate it. Um, I don't have anything to sell. I, I'm just in the world of starting conversations right now. I know we're going through difficult times and I know that um, not a lot of people are now available to be spending money. They're more out there uh, either concerned or in fear or lacking confidence or just thinking about the next thing that they could do. And what I want to do is just help. You know, my passion for marketing goes beyond just working for an agency. I spend majority of my time on Instagram sending direct messages back and giving free advice to people, just helping them rise, um, which goes as far as even getting on a video call with them and really going in depth. Um, I'm just here to help during challenging times. Uh, if you have any questions or need assistance with getting out of these difficult times, or if you have a business or a creative idea that you're failing to execute because people aren't going outside, um, do reach out to me. I have some great ideas for things that you can do, and I'd be happy to share them with you. Awesome. Well, thank awesome. you, Mufuz, once again for coming on here and having all this these amazing talks. Um, thank you to everyone that tuned in for this episode. I highly recommend you guys to connect with Mufuz and pick his brain. I was first. I was initially just going to say marketing and personal branding, but I think pick his brain about everything. Um, anything that you think of, I'm sure he has some sort of insight in there, especially the things that we talked about today. Um, I encourage you guys to engage with in the comments, our DMs, um, share this with your friends. Cause I think there's that a lot of people can really get some great gems from this conversation we just had, but until then stay safe, take care of yourself and the ones around you. And we'll talk soon.